Stories of the Day. Hashtag SAFM Sunrise. 12 after 7, good morning. Well, the Finance Minister Inuk Gorongwana this afternoon outlining his plans to manage government spending. Government is spending more money, but it's getting in its tax revenue. Huge fears, of course, that he may have to announce big cutbacks in government services. Even health education, the police maybe, could be affected. On Monday night, President Cyril Ramaphosa said we're paying more on interest payments than we pay on the police service at the moment because our government debt is so big. But there are also huge arguments between the right and the left about how government should manage this. Big business appears to be saying government should dramatically cut back on what it spends. Unions are saying services should not be cut back at all or only cut uh, very carefully. Niva Machetla is a senior economist at Trade and Industrial Policy Studies. Tips. Niva, good morning. Thanks for your time. Morning. How's it? For years, we've been saying that finance ministers in South Africa have to make hard choices and that this is probably the toughest position a finance minister has been in in the last 10 years. I mean, probably longer, actually. In other words, we're in a position that is worse than we've probably been in ever before. Yeah, it was probably worse at the transition to democracy. But what I would say is, you know, South Africa is a mining dependent economy and the prices of our exports have generally dropped. They came up a little bit right after the pandemic, but they've gone, they're starting to go back down again. And so what you can see in the long term, you said the past 10 years, it's actually since export prices dropped around 2011, is that the revenues growth has slowed to well below 1% in per person terms. Well, uh, expenditure per person hasn't grown that fast. It's grown, you know, about 1% per person per year. But um, the problem is that the decline in revenues once our export prices fall. That is the classic trap for commodity dependent countries. We've known for a long time that our debt is rising, and I remember Pravin Gordon warning about it uh, during his first term as finance minister. <laughs> Why have we not been able to stop spending more than we get? Is that because there are just more demands for the money we have? You know, I think there's two things. I mean, firstly, just to be clear, our debt is still not very far above the norm for upper-middle-income countries. So part of the problem is we started with very low debt because the apartheid state couldn't, get, couldn't borrow easily. Um, and it has gone up now to the norm. Obviously, you don't want it to keep going up at this rate. That would be that would not be good. I think that, you know, in a very unequal democracy, the problem is, you know, the, the people who have economic power who also pay most of the taxes insist on facilities for themselves. You know, you say big business wants cuts. If we were to say, OK, then let's not bail out Eskom or Transnet, I think they would be furious. Meanwhile, voters also, you know, because of the history of underinvestment in low-income communities and the fact that given a very unequal economy, most households can't afford to pay for services initially. The argument was always the state will subsidize those services and over time they'll create economic opportunities. You know, you can't really cut back very easily there because after all, people have the vote. They may not have economic power, but they have the vote. And I think Treasury has taken the option of saying, well, let's not confront everybody, we'll just spend more. So they talk a good line, but when push comes to shove, they haven't really ever tried to say, what are the big programs that we don't need? Within those, within big programs, what can we cut? And I just, so just one more thing. There's a real problem, which is because we inherited such unequal public services, you know, we do have world-class institutions and infrastructure in some areas that don't really benefit the majority. And we have never come up with a strategy with, how do we maintain them and at the same time improve conditions for the majority of the population? So does this mean now we're in a situation where spending cuts are inevitable? Is this the moment where it has to happen? 
You know, I actually think spending does have to level out to some extent. I mean, it has not been growing very fast. I also think we should, there are things we could do. We could, for instance, raise taxes. You know, in a very unequal society, that's hard because taxpayers, they're relatively few, they're well organized, and they have economic power. And they can lobby very well. But I do think that, you know, the Treasury has always said we can't raise taxes without giving much reason why. And then the focus goes on to debt. The other thing is, of course, this issue of using some of the underutilized resources, but that's really more about restructuring. You know, specifically, I'm sure you know this issue of the Golden Foreign Exchange Contingency Reserve at the Reserve Bank, mm -hmm. which has, in fact, in the last 10 years, you know, went up from basically zero to basically over $15 billion. And the question is, that's effectively an insurance fund for the bank in case their trades go wrong. It's probably larger than it needs to be. But that would only be, you know, just to be clear, that's a once-off. That would help us this year. Um, might be useful if the economy started to grow better and so on, but it wouldn't be a long-term fix. Liva Mechetla, thank you. Senior economist at Trade and Industrial Policy Studies. Tipsy with SAFM.